fearing God and working righteousness. When you think about it, it is a reverent and reviving pursuit, is it not? So today, from the International Gospel Hour, let's devote our study time in understanding, fearing God and working righteousness as we turn back the clock. Stay tuned. On Jordan's Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Greetings to all of you, and how honored we are to have you as our listening audience here at International Gospel Hour. We would not have an International Gospel Hour if it were not for you, our listeners. We appreciate hearing from you, whether you write us or whether you call us. We appreciate you reaching out to us. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 118, Fayetteville, Tennessee, 37334. And while many of you reach out to us through phone or on Internet, sometimes people simply would like to just write us physically, and that's fine. And so that's P.O. Box 118, Fayetteville, Tennessee, 37334. We also appreciate our wonderful announcer, Jay Webb, and the good work that he does. And you'll hear from Jay throughout our broadcast with some other opportunities of study absolutely free from International Gospel Hour. As mentioned, we're going to turn back the clock as we love and appreciate and respect our past here at International Gospel Hour. And today we want to spend time in a lesson delivered many years ago from the late Winford Claiborne. Brother Winford was our speaker on the International Gospel Hour from 1995 to 2014. And we are blessed to have a number of his transcripts, and I am honored to bring them forth, bring them back, turn back the clock from time to time. So in a few moments, we're going to study a lesson from Brother Claiborne titled, Fearing God and Working Righteousness. But before we do, let's pause and hear a few words from our J-Webb. We at International Gospel Hour appreciate our co-laborers at HouseToHouse.com, an outstanding website with topic research, free materials, and an excellent media section. Check it out today at HouseToHouse.com, and please request a free copy of House to House Heart to Heart. May this be of aid in your studies. The day of Pentecost was the birthday of the church. After our Lord's resurrection, He met with the apostles and commanded them that they should not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Before His ascension to the Father, He outlined how the apostles were to spread the gospel. From Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and verse 8, Christ said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. On the day of Pentecost in the city of Jerusalem, the Apostle Peter preached the first gospel sermon ever recorded, Acts 2. Peter also preached the second recorded sermon in the city of Jerusalem in Acts 3. The Christians in the city of Jerusalem were driven out of the city. Therefore they who were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. 
But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Acts 8, verses 4 and 5, and verse 12. The Apostle Peter was a strong believer in Old Testament Judaism, but God chose him to preach the first gospel sermon to Gentiles. That was not exactly what Peter had in mind. In fact, when he went to the house of Cornelius, a devout Gentile, he told him, You know how it is an unlawful thing for a man who is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man unclean. Acts 10.28 Peter declared to Cornelius and his household, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he who fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Acts 10, 34 and 35. Our study today will be devoted to the theme, The Meaning of Fearing God and Working Righteousness. Before we examine this topic, I must relate an incident that occurred more than 75 years ago. I was preaching for the Church of Christ in Niles, Michigan. In one Sunday evening sermon, I emphasized that we must be baptized to have our sins remitted. After all, is that not what the Apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.38? There was a young woman in the audience who spoke out and said, But we do not have to be baptized in order to be saved. She quoted these words from Acts 10.34 and 35. Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he who fears him and works righteousness is accepted of him. She then said, But you see... We don't have to be baptized. I asked her what it means to work righteousness. She sat down very quickly without responding to my question. The word fear in this context means respect or reverence. Throughout the Old Testament, there is great emphasis on fearing or respecting God. The psalmist pled with his readers, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Psalm 33, 8. The word fear and the word awe are synonyms in this verse. King Solomon wrote, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.7 Solomon also wrote, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9.10 Probably the best known use of the word fear in the Old Testament appears in the following passage, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Ecclesiastes 12:13 and 14. The New Testament does not use the word fear as often as the Old Testament does. Luke describes the Gentile Cornelius. He was a devout man and one who feared God with all his house, who gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always, Acts 10, 1 and 2. The Apostle Peter charged his readers, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, 1 Peter 2, 17. The Apostle John writes of having seen an angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. 
Revelation 14, 6 and 7. Not only are we to fear God, we are to work righteousness. Although the word righteousness is easy to understand, it is often misunderstood and misapplied. There are theologians who argue that Christ's righteousness is counted unto us for our righteousness. It is certain that we could not be righteous without the grace of Almighty God, but nobody is righteous simply because of what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. The word righteousness simply means doing right. We are the ones who must do right. The New Testament could not make that truth any plainer. The little book of 1 John gives us great insight into what doing righteousness means. John exhorted his readers, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, friends, please listen carefully. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he who does the will of God abides forever. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does righteousness is born in him. 1 John two fifteen through 17 and verse 29. Is there any difference between doing the will of God and working righteousness? The Apostle John further explains the meaning of working righteousness. Little children, let no man deceive you. He who does righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous, 1 John 3, 7. If a preacher or theologian teaches that the righteousness of Christ is applied to us and is not what we do, is he not deceiving people? From this verse you know that righteousness is what we do, not just what we are. The Apostle John adds in 1 John 3.10, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he who does not love his brother. Luke uses the word work in reference to righteousness. We must fear God and work righteousness. The word work is not one of Calvinism's favorite words. It teaches specifically that we must do something in order to be saved. Would that not refute the Calvinistic doctrine of salvation by grace alone through faith alone? The Greek word translated work appears 39 times in the New Testament. I shall read a few examples. Calvinists often refer to the book of Romans when they speak of having Christ's righteousness counted for our righteousness. Please listen now to what Paul told the Romans. God will render to every man according to his deeds or works to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But unto them who are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, he will give tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man who works good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Romans 2, verses 6 through 10. Have you downloaded the International Gospel Hour app for your iPhone or Android? Go to the App Store for iPhones and Google Play for your Android, search International Gospel Hour, 
and download our app free. Our app allows access to our website, social media, podcast, our YouTube channel, and other resources. Please download the International Gospel Hour app today. It's free. Now let us continue from Romans 2 to Galatians, when the Apostle Paul commanded the Galatians, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith, Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. The expression, do good, is from the word usually translated work. The author of Hebrews lists a number of heroes of the faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and others, and then wrote, What shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. He then commented concerning these great men of faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, Hebrews 11:32 and 33. The word rendered wrought is the word normally translated work. For the unbeliever to be able to work righteousness, he must obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. He must follow the example of the Corinthians. The Apostle Paul describes the condition of the Corinthians before they obeyed the gospel. He asked, Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Paul next tells how the Corinthians had lived prior to becoming Christians. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, that is, some of the Corinthians had engaged in all of these practices, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Paul then told them they could not go to heaven while they lived in those kinds of evil behavior. The Corinthians had engaged in gross immorality, but they obeyed the gospel and became saints, 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Luke records what occurred in the city of Corinth. The Apostle Paul was privileged to preach in the Jewish synagogue. He informed both Jews and Greeks that Jesus was the Christ. They believed Paul's preaching. They became Christians, for Luke says, And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized, Acts 18, 4 and 5 and verse 8. Paul said to them, You were involved in the sinful activities, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God, 1 Corinthians 6.11. In his letter to the church at Corinth, Paul spoke at length about Christ's resurrection and our resurrection. He even said that if Christ were not raised, we are still in our sins, our faith is vain, our loved ones who have died have perished, and we are all men most miserable. 1 Corinthians 15, 14-19 Paul concluded his great sermon on the resurrection by admonishing the Christians at Corinth. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. 
There are two words in this verse I would like to emphasize, abounding and labor. The word abounding means to go above and beyond the call of duty. Many of us do as little as we can just to get by. We either do not know the meaning of the word abounding, or we do not care. The word labor is not a synonym of the word work. The Greek means toiling to the point of weariness or exhaustion. Is it possible that one can be a Christian and have the hope of eternal life and do just enough to get by? If Paul meant what he wrote in this passage, and you know he did, you know it is not possible. I sometimes hear preachers on television quote Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, but they almost always ignore verse 10. Please listen to all three verses together. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. According to Paul, Christians are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. He also emphasizes that God ordained that we should walk in good works. For Christians, working is not one option among many. We have an obligation to work diligently in His service. If we fail to do that, we are not going to be saved. Paul wrote a letter to Titus telling him what he ought to preach and how he ought to preach it. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that you affirm constantly, that they who have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Titus 3 verse 8. Paul does not specify the kind of good works we must maintain, but surely there is not a student of the Word who does not know what we must do as Christians. Our good works must include taking care of those in need. James, the Lord's half-brother, defines the meaning of pure and undefiled religion. It means taking care of widows and the meaning, or rather taking care of widows and orphans in their affliction, and keeping himself unspotted from the world. James 1.27 That's the meaning. And Jesus Christ showed compassion on the needy on many occasions. Our Lord demanded of His disciples, Follow me. Matthew 16.24 One of the most sacred obligations Christians have is to reach out to the lost and bring them into the kingdom of God. We know that without the gospel, men and women are lost eternally. So if we love God and love our fellow man, shall we do all within our power to teach the lost the gospel of Christ? Does not the Great Commission according to Matthew apply to all of us and not just to preachers? Jesus commanded His disciples, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the age, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and 20. Luke records our Lord's commission. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and that you are witnesses of these things, Luke 24, 45-48. Each individual can reach someone with the gospel message. Sometimes members of the church give as an excuse for not teaching people, I don't know enough people 
to teach people the gospel. I don't know enough. Well, my question to such people is, do you know what you did to become a member of the body of Christ? Can you not tell people what you did? If you believed the gospel, repented of your alien sins, confessed Jesus before men and were baptized into Christ, you should be able to tell people that. You find in the scriptures the gospel plan of salvation. You could simply open your Bible and read what the Jews did on the day of Pentecost. The Jews believed in Christ, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter commanded the believing Jews, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and unto all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward or crooked generation. Then they who gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Acts 2, verse 37 through 41. I know a case where a woman married a man who was not a member of the body of Christ. He was an illiterate man. He asked his wife if she would teach him to read. She gladly consented and used the New Testament as her textbook. When he learned to read, he knew what he needed to do. He obeyed the gospel. He became a teacher in my home congregation. That same woman and her daughter inherited some farms. When they hired families to take care of those farms, they always invited them to attend the services of the local church. Only eternity will reveal the good that that mother and daughter did in encouraging people to become Christians. You do not have to be a preacher to convert people to Christ. Do you remember what happened when the early Christians were driven from the city of Jerusalem? Acts 8 verse 4 says, Therefore they who were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. It is possible, or is it possible, that some of those who were scattered abroad traveled as far as Rome and established the church of our Lord in that city? We do not know, but we do know that these people were so committed to the gospel that they spent a great amount of time in teaching others the truth. What a great example for Christians in every generation. Even if you are a newborn Christian, you can still take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts and teach people what they must do to become Christians. May God help all of us to use our time and talent in reaching the lost with the soul-saving message of Jesus Christ. A most thorough and wonderful job by our Brother Claiborne. Dear friends, what a wonderful study to turn back the clock and to share with you these wonderful words, what does it mean to fear God and work righteousness? Brother Claiborne is right. We can tell others about Jesus Christ. And dear friends, maybe you've learned some things today that you wish to study more just like that man did that learned how to read. I want to pause here for a few moments, then I'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit more. But our J-Webb wishes to tell you about our friends at the World Bible School and their study offer. Our friends at World Bible School have a wonderful online Bible study available, and it is free. That's right, it's free. Please visit 
worldbibleschool.org and register. You will be provided a study helper who can answer questions and provide feedback for your lessons. Please sign up today. That's the free online study at worldbibleschool.org. Dear friends, how grateful we are to offer this study material through our work here at International Gospel Hour. It is a joy to turn back the clock and to study lessons that Brother Claiborne brought forth many years ago. And it is our plea that we study the Word of God and to see God's will for our lives. We hope that the studies at HouseToHouse.com will be of help to you that our J. Webb mentioned earlier in our broadcast. If you download the International Gospel Hour app, we hope that it will be of help to you that you can access a number of our study tools from an app on your smartphone or your Android. We think you'll love the World Bible School study online, but if we have mentioned some things and you're saying, you know, I would just love to have a study that can be mailed to me. You may be like my mother was before she passed for a number of years. She said she wouldn't even know where to start with a computer, nor did she even have Internet in her house. It would work better when things were mailed to her. Maybe that would be the case. Would you love for us to mail you a Bible study? You can contact us at our toll-free number at 1-855-IGH-6988. That's 1-855-444-6988. Leave us your name and address and just say Home Study and we'll send it to you. Or if you'd like to write us at Post Office Box 118, Fayetteville, Tennessee, 37334, We'll gladly respond to your request. P.O. Box 118, Fayetteville, Tennessee, 37334, and we will gladly respond to your study request. We want to help you every way possible, whether online, whether through technology, or simply just sending it to you in the mail. Let us hear from you, and let's continue, if you will, our studies. I'll get it right. Let's continue our studies another time. Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. To God goes all the glory. And we hope that our study today will draw you closer to His Word to walk in His way. To listen to it again or other broadcasts, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.